Welcome to Unsung Stories, where we'll be chatting to unacclaimed mamas in the Christian world who love Jesus, are faithfully seeking to know and love God more, and pointing their families to Him. I'm your host, Laura Smith, and I hope that you will find solidarity with a regular mum living out the gospel in regular ways and be encouraged in your own unsung story. Thanks for joining us. Well, hello and welcome to season three of Unsung Stories. We've just had a short little break between seasons this time. Phew, I hear you all say. Um, But I am so excited to be back with you. We have an amazing season ahead of us and I couldn't let all these beautiful shows sit on my hard drive. So we're back and we're going to get it all done before Christmas. For today's episode, Skye and her husband, they were pastoring a rural church, you know, in the thick of raising four little kids and were just feeling the need for some deep friendships. Uh, I think that pastors and their families have this unique tension where you're friends and friendly with everyone, but they were really craving this deep connection with a friend and God provided for them. Skye is really vulnerable in sharing how they bonded through hard things in life, both for her friend, but also through her mental health. And in this story, you'll just see how God has been faithfully providing for them at every step of the way. And that God is in the little unseen details of life. So why don't we jump into today's show with Sky? Hi Sky and welcome to Unsung Stories. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. That's good. Um, just so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit more, could you tell us a bit about you and your family life and just what everyday life looks like for you? Okay. I live in Canberra now. We've been here for almost two and a half years and I have four children and a husband and my husband works at a school as a chaplain uh, and also as an archdeacon for the diocese. And I work as a youth and children's worker two days a week at my Mm -hmm. local church. And what else can I say? Love gardening, love swimming. Lovely. Yeah. Sounds like you're very busy. How old are your kids' ages? Year eight. She's turning 14 this year. Mm-hmm. I have four girls. One's 14 and then 12, 10 and 8. Wowzers. Mm. That's an intense time, I'd imagine. So what's the last few years looked like for you guys? You said you're in Canberra now. Have you always been in Canberra or what's been up with your family? Yeah, we haven't always been in Canberra, but we did live here a number of years ago. It's sort of a bit of a homecoming in some ways, at least for my husband. Mm. We used to live in Holbrook, which is a small country town on the way to Albury. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, we lived there for eight years and James was the uh, minister there at the Anglican Church. Nice. And what was life like living in Holbrook? It was amazing in the sense of, growing up in a country town uh, for the kids and, Mm. you know, just access to beautiful alpine rivers and lovely things like that and 
being able to know everyone in town. You'd walk down the street and you'd know mm. everyone and it always take longer than you think to go shopping because you'd run into <laughs> someone and chat to them. <laughs> that was that was really lovely, that sense of community and also getting to know people that were older than ourselves because the church predominantly had people that were older than us in it. I learnt to relate to them as as peers in lots of ways or as Christian brothers and sisters and sort of broke down the age barriers that we sometimes have in churches. I learnt a real lot being there and I got a lot out of living there. That's probably can't be experienced anywhere else. But at the same time, some of the positives were also some of the things that I found draining. Yeah, Um, yeah. Sort of feeling like... Everyone knowing you and mm, being the pastor's wife. (laughs) Being the pastor's wife sort of added to that dimension of feeling like we always on show and mm. needing to act the right way or be the right person to everyone, which physically I couldn't really do or meet my own expectations of what I could be to every person I met mm. or talked to. Or over time, I did I did end up um, feeling quite drained by that. Yeah, and not to mention it, I'm assuming that would be a quite a draining season of motherhood as well. Yeah, and somehow I think I thought I could sort of just do that and that that could be, you know, sailing along fine and I could also do other things, but I found Mm. it very difficult to do other things. Um, You were telling me a bit about it before and you were talking about friendship out in Holbrook. Would you mind sharing your thoughts or your experience of friendship out there? You were mentioning that lots of your church is older women. How did you navigate? Well, one of the things that was really key was having a women's Bible study that one of the ladies in town started, and it was non-denominational. We're all from different churches. We used to meet weekly and read the Bible together and pray, and that was a real source of support and encouragement. But I also missed having more friends of my own age. I felt very isolated in in that sense. And and over time I realised that that was a problem and we started praying for more friends for James and I so that we would feel that sense of connection and, and sharing the lives of ministry and of just personal needs and mm. our own spiritual walk. And that really personal friendship was something that we both craved and, and we started praying for that a few years into our time there. How is your relationship with God through all of this time of, you know, intense season of motherhood, always on display, not feeling like you've got a friend, that sort of mm-hmm. thing? Yeah. Look, I think in lots of ways I was very dependent on God. In my weakness, I sort of would turn to him and in, in prayer and Bible reading and things and just sort of felt <laughs> that mm. weakness a lot. But I and I think also I ended up reaching a point where I got into so many habits of thinking that we're not healthy, and eventually mm. that culminated in anxiety and depression towards the end of our time there, and also due to a number of different significant things that happened. But I think during that time I was reading back over some of the notes that I wrote in a journal at the time, and just realised how much God had humbled me during that time and mm. and made me realize that I wasn't enough by myself that yeah. <laughs> and that I should stop thinking that I could be and stop just trying to work harder because I had a very very much a don't be lazy work ethic and I just had to 
you know, read the Bible more. I just had to pray more. I just had to talk to more people and I had to be more brave about sharing the gospel or I had to do this and I had to do that. But in the debilitation of becoming anxious and depressed to a very significant level, I all of that ability was completely stripped away. Mm. And so I then had to learn to depend more on God and, and on Christian friends to get mm. me through. Yeah, mm. and also I, I needed to seek medical help as well and yeah, yeah. and that was part of God's provision as well to get to that breaking point and then actually start building more healthy thinking and more healthy habits around my lifestyle. That's really wise mm. and it, I really like that you said that that's how God was providing because yeah. so often you can hear people or I don't know in church culture I've heard it said people say oh all you need is God but I'm really convinced that God really does provide these beautiful professionals mm. and it's good to go and get help and actually I have a really very stark memory of my husband taking me to Aubrey for the first time to see a psychologist and in that very same day of seeing the psychologist I also got to see a doctor and we decided to go on medication <laughs> and the childcare centre rang on that same day and said, I can have your daughter for an extra day a week or whatever, oh, which I'd, I'd been praying for that to open up. Those three things happened on that same day. It just really was a very yeah. loud shout from God that, you know, I'm providing for you, yes. yeah. Rest, yeah. with the help of these people that can help. But, yeah. So. Oh, isn't that great? I love those clear, clear moments of this is what I need to do. Yeah, it was very clear evidence of God's provision, yeah. Yeah. Was there anything else that, that came up for you? You mentioned that you were trying to do it all yourself, so do more, do more, do more. But what other heart issues came up through that time? Yeah, I think I, I jotted a few down earlier just in terms of learning to please God was more mm. important than learning to wanting or desiring to look right or to please others trying to trying not to serve my pride and looking good in terms of worldly value especially because I, I wasn't working any job at that time and I just sort of felt you know um, the pressure of that and thinking mm. you know should I be but certainly the church was a big enough job as it was anyway yeah but, yeah and motherhood but yeah just had galatians 3 written written down i can't remember what it is so. um, but yeah just learning just to the please of the spirit isn't it yeah god and, and not be seeking to please our own selfish desires and and then i think knowing i think in anxiety you just i became very indecisive and i mm. also had a really low perception of my abilities and of mm. what I could do and I would only ever focus on what I wasn't doing rather than what I was doing and had a lot of negative self-talk. I had a real desire for guidance and strength in all of that. Reading God's word, I've got a heart, Psalm 119, 25 to 32. Just let's see if I can find it. But just reading God's word and he would always speak to me through it and just give me mm. new, new perspective. Um, it says, I, I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. I recounted my ways and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Let me understand the teaching of your precepts and then I will meditate on your wonders. My mm. soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. And I certainly did feel that 
there's often times that God's word put a perspective on my anxieties. Um, that was good. And mm. just learning that humility and dependence mm. on God. That just sounds like such a lonely time. I mean, anxiety and depression is lonely wherever you are. Mm. But then I just feel coupled with this um, physical isolation from where you lived and just the community that you were in at the time even mm. though there's lovely, beautiful women around you and supporting you. Oh, my heart's just really hurting for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a hard time, but I certainly learnt a lot from it. And That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. What, what was there that you learnt about yourself or about God during that time? Just to not do it alone, I think, mm. that, that God's used his people and his provisions of healthcare and whatever else to support us and I think that's just a really important thing and I think I learned particularly the value of Christian friends and and the importance of seeking out someone to pray with to to walk and pray with or run and pray with I think at a time when I was in Holbrook mm. um, I used to I had a regular arrangement to go for a run and, and, and pray with a friend who God had provided for James and I to encourage us. I was going to ask about that. You were saying that you and your husband committed to praying for friends. In what way did he actually answer that for you? Yeah, there was probably a couple of ways. One way was a family that had a lot of kids our age move. Sorry, I got to know them and they actually started coming to our church. So that creative fellowship at church and we'd often have a cuppa and and just share the responsibility of looking after kids particularly because we didn't have family around that was one of the ways that he answered that and and that sort of probably developed a little bit more even since we've left Holbrook that's interesting uh, but also another way was just a, a friend who sort of I guess had come f- just came in for three years um with her husband's job it was a short a short stay in some ways but it was sort of just a really good timing and she was the one that I used to run and pray with and I think that really was a strength in terms of just regularly saying out loud some of the things that were bouncing around in my head and then committing them to God in prayer and sort of releasing that burden and that's something that I've continued now as I've moved to Canberra I've sought out someone who I can walk and pray with regularly and it's it's continued to be a real strength. Um, That friend that moved just for a a short bit of time did you two connect straight away or was it kind of a hey we're the same age and stage let's mm -hmm. become friends or how did you navigate becoming a friend as an adult? Hmm. It was interesting. I suppose at first it just started as me being a friendly minister's wife and saying hello. Mm. I think also I was just aware that we've been praying for someone. So when a Christian woman moved to town, I'm like, you know, my ears would prick up, you know, is this the person? (laughs) I think, I think waiting for waiting for someone and and so in the in the in a sense it wasn't what we'd expected because we'd sort of hoped that we'd have a a couple come that we could both get to know really well and Mm. in the end it was more me who got to know this girl really well and and James did as well but it wasn't that sort of you know but they were definitely family friends like for the kids they had really great friendships with their kids and she ended up going through quite a hard time during her time there 
and we were able to really get alongside her and it happened to be Mm. fairly similar timing to my depression and anxiety. We very much mutually encouraging one another and depending on each other as we went through those hard times and I think that really made the friendship a lot deeper. I think it took quite a while for us to really get a friendship that was as deep as it is today because Mm. um, I think you need to build trust with people. I don't think we necessarily had the same communication styles at first and, you know, different personalities in some ways, but there were things that we really liked doing together, such Mm. as the outdoors and things like that. And our theology was the same. Dependence on God and prayer was the same. Respect for the Bible was the same. And I think the relationship just grew over time as we continue to regularly catch up. And that's a friendship that I still consider a very strong friendship today and go camping together at times and you know that's really helped a lot. As we've been thinking through friendship has there been any biblical truth that's just stood out to you about connecting with people? We've recognized the importance of having friends and kind of that we're designed for connection and that sort of thing but what from the bible has fleshed out your thoughts around this topic? Definitely you know in the beginning, <laughs> being mm. created as a re- as relational beings. But mm. I think I've also reflected on the fact that we have a fair bit of inertia sometimes, particularly when we're feeling low, to actually reach out to others. And mm. it's like can be almost like a real blockage to creating strong friends. And I I do feel at times that, that Satan sometimes uses, we can feel this sense of discouragement and uncertainty of whether it's really worth the effort but I think in friendships trying to be open-minded and problem solve and expect that there will be hiccups along Mm. the way because and then when you go out of your way to make something work it convinces the other person that you're genuine and that you do need them (laughs) you need them and they might need you and it's very two-way one of one of um Actually, someone said to me today, just in regards to going to church and she struggles with sometimes having the motivation to go, and she said, well, what she says to herself is, do I ever feel worse afterwards? And the answer is no. In a sense, that helps her bypass the inertia of the effort that it takes to create connections and meet Mm. with the body of Christ and and just remember the benefits of it. I think probably having the body of Christ is something that God's given us and we should mm. grasp it and mm. he delights in providing for us through it, I think. And I, yeah. I had a passage written down, Hebrews 4, verse 14. So, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. But sometimes we need that help to hold firmly to the faith and Mm. the body of Christ can help us to hold firmly to the faith. So that's part of having Christian friends. And for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who is tempted, who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. As we face temptation, we can also be confessing to each other and talking about it and holding each other accountable and then verse 16 let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need Mm. and just that full confidence to come before God even if you're being dragged along by someone else (laughs) we can still come before him and have confidence and find grace and help in our time of need so yeah that's beautiful 
Yeah. Good friends are so valuable to have. They really do refine you and they'll tell you the truth when you need to hear the truth and they will be the one. My, my good friends are the ones who will call me out when I need to seek Jesus more or mm-hmm. repent or are there when you're struggling with something. I think it just points back to our design of we're made to be in connection with each other and that God's not designed for us to, to do this alone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So now you've moved on from Holbrook and you've mentioned a few times that you're being intentional in forming friendships now in new places, your friend that you go walking with and praying with. What have you learnt from your time in Holbrook that you're carrying into the friendships that you have now? Probably a respect for older people and an understanding of how much I can gain from them and how much they can relate to me and not have so much of a concept of age. So I think that's one thing, but also just dependence on Mm. God together. So I run a women's Bible study here as well, and I just see that primarily as just geeing each other on basically Mm. to keep following Jesus and to go deeper with him. So that's one way that I do it, but in terms of my own personal walk, daily walk or strengths for the week to do whatever it is. And just having that one friend to walk with and to um, pray and stuff is really important and mm. I've seen a lot of presence in that little bit of time once a week. So I think it's time well spent, not wasting time, actually yeah, time really well spent. intentional in how you're spending your time. Yeah, yeah. And I guess intentional with your friendships. That's pretty intentional to be let's walk and pray rather than, you know, rather than just be friends with someone who you just walk with. You can really use that time to yeah before the Lord together. Yeah. And I think having the confidence to lead others in that too, like to mm. go, you know, we're here to pray, we're going to pray now. It might feel a bit construed, but other people mm. I think actually appreciate that someone's leading them and just taking the reins I think it's actually well received even though sometimes it feels a bit you know countercultural or something I guess it it could feel silly at times yeah and it did at first as it did feel silly and it was really stilted and then now it's not at all that's really beautiful yeah I have to try it yeah I'm gonna have to find someone to walk with jeez (laughs) at 1.5 meters apart (laughs) with a mask on so it's not an uncommon experience for mums to say that they felt a shift in their friendships as they've become a mums for a number of reasons would you have any encouragement for the mum who's listening and that just feels lonely of friends in this season what advice would you offer her I'd say that like sometimes it's hard to keep in touch with people that you would have maybe if you've lived in a different town before or something like but just occasionally catching up is still embarrassing is still worth pursuing some of your old friendships but Mm. um not putting too much pressure on yourself and just making an investment somewhere with at least someone is better than nothing so don't have a all or nothing mentality just have a do something mentality start somewhere and don't expect to feel great every time you go to do it just Mm. think well do i feel good afterwards yes i do 
<laughs> yeah. Is there any particular way that you've seen God's hand or faithfulness in this area of your life that you could encourage all of us or any final reflections on friendship that you'd like to share? Maybe just in terms of reflecting on my management of anxiety and depression over time and over the long term, I've had to learn that I do need time out from people as well. So Mm. I need to be able to go and just walk and be by myself, maybe reconnect with creation or something like that, like that I find that or go for a swim, whatever, something to unwind. So a bit of like I can get a bit overstimulated with people and then I need to wind back down again to feel better. So probably... I'm not, I don't want to give the message of like maxing yourself out with social relationships is going to make Mm. you feel good. Like a lot of people, I still have to manage my people time and my off time pretty well. I don't want to give the wrong impression. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. I do have one little thing I was going (laughs) to put in a plug for. Reading the kids' version of the Pilgrim's Progress, Little Pilgrim's Progress, was really a lovely thing to do when I didn't have energy to read the Bible. It's quite um, right. therapeutic. So just one last little plug. I'll have to have a look at it. Mm, yeah, the kids' yeah, version is really well written. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I've tried reading Pilgrim's Progress before and it was I think I I think they've got a modernized version. Mm-hmm. But I just couldn't I think I was reading the old version. Yeah. <laughs> I just could not understand it. So maybe I should even go for the kids' version and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I read quite a few. There's some really great children's books out there that my teenagers read and they're just sort of not so in-depth that you're getting moody. They're just a nice read, yeah. I actually found since becoming a mum I really appreciate kids' books, even just for explaining big concepts Mm. at a level that I can understand. Yeah, someone's – there's a lot more theology behind what they've actually written down on the page. So it's probably pretty – I aimed at an eight-year-old. It's wonderful. yeah. Yeah, and I think sometimes your brain does go back a few years in terms of its quality over the, when yeah. you've got little ones demanding so much from you. Yes, or anything that's written if you're wanting to understand about holiness is a whole book. Oh, my God. Don't I mean, you I just don't have time. Right no. Yeah, yeah. Don't have time. Oh, that's mm. great. Sky, thank you so much for coming on and being vulnerable with us. There's just so many parts of your story that I've really appreciated the reminder that God does care about the little things in our life and provides uh, your encouragement and helpful advice in seeking out friendships, being intentional, being upfront, pushing through awkward things like saying, hey, let's pray while we go for a walk. So thank you for sharing with us. Would you mind wrapping up today's show by praying? Heavenly Father, thank you for um, the opportunity to share our stories and to hear the way that you're at work in people's lives, even in the hard times, but also in the good times and the way that you have provided in real ways. And I just pray for (coughs) anyone who is feeling lonely or feeling a bit disconnected from God or from people. I pray that you would be faithful to that woman, help her to seek you and please um, answer her prayers as she seeks you and pray that you would provide a special friend, a friend that she can depend on and who can spur you on, spur her on in her faith and in her love for others and just in whatever she's going through. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.